another edition of the Strozzi Football Podcast. I'm Anthony McGuire, and on this week's episode, we discuss all things Scotland as we get our World Cup qualification campaign underway. Uh, we also look at the Scottish Cup third round, whole list of fixtures played on the weekend. And um, we have a, a wee look at the head of the card there, and then also discuss a bit about various managers, potential managers coming into the SPFL. Uh, and also looked at this week's SPFL cards, uh, full full list of fixtures. I think Richard wants to talk about European coefficients as well, as always. Oh. How are you, mate? I'm pretty good. Um, my perm's a bit frizzy over here in Sydney at the minute with the, uh, the humidity. I've been wandering around like a bar of soap all day, but needing a bar of soap, actually, probably most of it. But yes, um, we've, our monsoons have passed... Uh, and I managed to get a hooky line to watch the Austria-Scotland game um, via ORF, which is the Austrian Broadcasting Channel. Don't ask me how. It's out of contact. <laughs> but, um, but I saw some of that. It was good. I, I thought Scotland played all right. Um, and yeah, and then, and then the kind of the kind of mix of games, obviously Israel again. It's almost like you're kind of watching it and repeat, isn't it? But they had a crowd. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about Austria and Scotland, the first game um, at Hamden, which actually was quite enjoyable. I really, really enjoyed that. I uh, thought Scotland played really well. I thought um, Stuart Armstrong, a great game. thought they were a wee bit unlucky. A couple of cracking goals. Um, Austria second and Scotland second. So somebody comparing it to Archie again, was, I'm sorry, it's not quite there. Antonio, what did you think? <laughs> Look, um, quite a... Uh it's one of those ones where is that a good result i mean the fact that we came back twice we were one nil down we're two one down we came back twice so i think at the end of the day you take the point however as willie miller says if you want to qualify through a group you've got to win your home games and the old man has a point um so does it sort of put us slightly behind the eight ball off the top of the israel game in a minute uh maybe it's, it's, it's a bit early to tell um especially considering denmark thumped austria 3-0 in austria four, so four nil and oh, was it four oh nil? Sorry. i tell yeah. you what listen you and i we could have got a game in the central defense for austria i mean the, the defending was horrendous and and they basically well, went able for like 15 20 minutes and denmark scored four goals well this is a problem is that if they if they did that against denmark they definitely didn't do it against us so there was a few criticisms that Scotland were probably a bit tepid to start with especially playing at home like didn't really sort of get grab the game by the scruff of the neck to start with quite you know passive to a point and work their way into the game which i guess it's your first game in the qualification group you don't want to lose an early goal that's fine but at some point Scotland's going to have to start particularly this this applies probably more to the Israel game, probably going to have to start taking games by the scruff of the neck a little bit sooner and trying to exert a bit of dominance and a bit of um, you know possession on the game because we've got the midfield to do it. You've got John McGinn, Strott McTominay. As you said, Stuart Armstrong had a great game. Um, you know, we've got, we've got that there. Um, by all accounts, the defence played quite well. Um, they created a lot of chances against yeah. Austria as well. I mean, I think that's the thing. But that's why Stuart Armstrong was like so stand out. I mean, he had a couple of really kind of zipping opportunities, but he was pressing high all the time. Uh, I think maybe a wee bit unfortunate in this distribution at times, but not, I mean, I think, yeah, I completely agree. Israel cracking goal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I'm sorry, you talk about the Israel yeah, girl yeah, or the Australian yeah. girl? Yeah, well, we can, get, we can mix them up because it's all kind of I thought, mixed up in my head. I thought anyway. the Marshall could maybe have done a 
wee bit better. I thought it was like I mean it's a long range effort. I mean I I think the issue was that he saw it late. I think there was legs in the way, and I think that's what sort of stopped him from saving it. But you really probably felt that that was Israel's really best chance was like a long range sort of effort or a set piece because although they you know gave us trouble as per usual, um, you know if you're a betting man, you'd have taken a one all draw going out of that game because you know that's kind of how these how these games have gone, but. Again, if we want to qualify at the group, we're going to have to beat teams like Israel. And that, I know I said arrogant or think, oh, we, you know, we're, we're just Scotland, but we're the third tier team. They're the fourth seeded team in that group. You've got to beat them uh, if you want to, because you know, you know, Austria is probably going to do it. So we're going to have to match Austria, which means now, because we're at the five at five points out of nine, we're probably going to need a marquee result um, coming up. So we're either going to have to beat Denmark, which our best chances are maybe if they've already qualified and they drop the ball a wee bit oh, or we go over oh, to Austria and oh, beat them. Gee, oh, I feel like, honestly, I feel like a rainy weekend in Largs. No, look, I think I think they'll take Denmark home and away and then they'll cop it to Moldova at Hamden. It'll be like a nil-nil with 13,000 or something like that at it. Well, that's even, well, that, I mean, that, that, even more negative than the white weekend in Largs. Well, well, yeah. I mean, that, that would be Scotland, though. We, we'd, we'd get the Marty result and then drop drop our bundle against the Faroese or, um, or Moldova. But in fairness, we did take care of the Faroese relatively easily. We stored nice and early. John McGinn, again. Um, and then he set up, he stored a Bryce. And uh, Che Adams, tell you what, he looks a player. Yes. Um, he he his link up play the things I saw I went God he actually looks like a proper centre forward <laughs> he's got a bit of strength but also can actually play his touch for his goal was absolutely sublime I mean that to beat most defenses in the world I mean obviously it was the Faroese but he's managed to pull it down set himself up take a touch and yeah bottom corner thank you very much so it was four 0 oh, guys you heard it here John first McGinn, Anthony McGuire deep shock as Scotland centre forward looking like a centre forward. <laughs> Well, he's English, but it doesn't matter. We'll take, we'll take him. It's all right. It's all good. But the thing is, right, that's John McGinn. I think he's scored 10 goals now for Scotland. He's one of only like 11 or 12 players or something like that to store double digits for Scotland. So, I mean, that, that just shows you like how we usually go about these things. It's usually obviously 1-0s and, 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 and very low-scoring games. But, you know, the fact that he's playing sort of midfield, and I know the first game against Austria he was sitting a lot deeper and it wasn't until later in the game where he started to get a bit further forward that he started to obviously exert himself more on the game. And I think as a Scotland fan, you know, I think he needs to play as far forward as the the play will dictate. I think he's definitely should be in that sort of number 10 role, really driving, bombing on. I think you know, he does provide threat. And the other thing he provides is a really well-timed run because the goals he stored, and he gave one of the classic press conferences of all time, Tom Kieran Tierney, who had a man of the match performance against Faroe Islands as well. And he set him up, he said, oh, one, one straight at me and one on my napper. And if you can't get that for like a, a press conference and after after a Scotland match, I don't know what it is, but that I, I was chuckling. Leanne Crichton was chuckling. We're all having a wee laugh. Yeah. I was listening, listening to that one. Oh, very good. Uh, the bicycle kick was uh, special. 
But it wasn't Archie Gamble, yeah. but it was special. It was very special. And it was a good result. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I'm not going to argue with the, a, a point against Austria. Second in the group, um, Denmark, yeah, have cleared up the first kind of few games that they've played, but um, second in the group, so that's fairly tidy. Uh, next Scotland action is against, actually, they've just announced their warm-up games um, because they've got the Czech Republic in the European Championship, the much-delayed European Championship. They're going to meet the Netherlands and Luxembourg for uh, warm-up games. They have just been announced, so um, that will be in the period before the European Championships get going. And increasingly, it looks like that's going to happen in front of a crowd at Hamden, so that's wonderful news uh, that the pandemic is at last showing some cracks in its armoury. Um, the Cup at the weekend, I saw a few games. I saw Aberdeen scrapey doos against uh, Dumbarton. That was probably the most entertaining thing. Uh, Callum Hendry scoring late on in that game. A couple of scares, a couple of serious scares for them during that one. Uh, and perhaps one of the most scenic stadiums to host the games over the weekend. Uh, Rangers made light work of Cove Rangers, who uh, really didn't defend terribly well either. And a couple of absolute cracks. In fact, your cousin wouldn't have played the ball inside his own 18-yard box from a bye kick uh, to a couple of other guys in his penalty box, whilst half of like Jermaine Defoe et al are coming towards you at rate of notes. Um, so that was that was pretty good. Celtic looking pretty steady. Uh, James Forrest back looking extremely good. Um, the other one that I saw that was quite entertaining was um, United and Party Thistle, where uh, Party Thistle took the lead against some really absolutely honking defending. If you get a chance, I think the ball bounced. Not for the first time, the ball was lost in Dundee United central defence for Party. Did you team. happen to see the incident that Ian McCall was talking about about one of his players getting punched or elbowed in the face? Caused a bit of a commotion. I, I didn't see the whole game, um, and but there was that. I mean, there was there was there was a clash um, before the second goal, but it looked like the thistle keeper had uh, had collided with his own defender, and and um, was it Spurl? I think Spurl, not Shanks, that got the second goal, um, and that was that was pretty much as much as I saw in terms of violent play, but. Because he was on, he was on Sports Sound. I rate. He felt he was very, very, they were very, very hard done by, like penalty shouts and things like that. And oh, was, there was a good penalty shout that they had. Absolutely, when um, they before Partick scored, um, um, your man who has been absolutely top form all season, um, Seagrist, uh, I he tripped him. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, was a, that was a stone waller. But uh, not given. Um, but then, and then United made up for it by leaving lightly issues um, between five of them in central defence. And I'm sorry, oh dear. even I would have taken that chance. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was quite interesting. And then the draws have been made. So it, it's one of these brilliant ones that's got or, 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 or. And that's when it was made. So like the fifth round draw, Rangers or Co-Rangers or Celtic versus St. Johnson or Clyde. Which means, of course, that in the fourth round, Rangers are playing Celtic, which is, I have to say, the one that kind of, it's always one, one of those announcements that they make after they've made the draw and they say, and one of these games will be televised live on the BBC and you wonder which one it's going to be. Mm. Kilmarnock <laughs> against Montrose, unlikely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, it throws uh, thingy out the window that the, they used to heat the balls up so that you didn't get Rangers and Celtic drawing each other so early in the in the competition. <laughs> so, um, or maybe they did. Uh, maybe there's, there's another that. conspiracy. Well, let's get that one out there right now. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, like that actually ties into something else I'm going to talk about, but we'll get back to that in a couple of minutes. Um, yeah, look, it's um, yeah, I mean, it's there for somebody to win because I mean, you're, you're basically one half of the old firm's going to be out by the next round. So the likes of Hibs, 
they must be eyeing up the chance that we've got a chance to redeem ourselves after falling at the semi-final hurdles twice this season um, against Hearts and uh, against oh, St. Johnson. It was St. Johnson. That was St. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, St. Johnson. Yeah, I, um, both the Saints are still in this one as well. Because Hibs, Hibs put on a good performance against Queen of the South, or one 0 at half time, uh, and then Queens hit the woodwork, and then uh, Hibs came out in the second half and pretty much battled them uh, from that minute in. So they're they're in some decent form, and believe it or not, they're playing Rangers in the league on Sunday. So um, so that should actually be quite an interesting. Mm-hmm. Queen, interesting Queen match. South's the only stadium I've ever been to. Uh, it's down in Dumfries. It's the only stadium I've been to where there's signs up to say not to feed the seagulls. Because um, apparently there's so much, there was so much, um, shall, we, shall we say, excrement on various parts of the ground that they, they were worried they were going to have to do, redo a roof on a stand and stuff because of the, the sheer weight of um, wow. of accumulated debris. <laughs> Anyway, honestly, the trivia I've picked up as I've watched Scottish football, God help me. Um, I was spacing my head for something else. Stephen Glass was at the Aberdeen game, uh, and since we've been on last, Scott Brown has decided that he's going to be leaving Celtic to join him, and an interesting coaching um, coaching armamentarium being player, being player, player coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they've arranged for one of the... Um, the England under twenty one coaches to come up as one of the yes. other coaching teams as well. So I, I, it's actually the England attacking oh. coach. I can't remember his name, but yeah, it's a good appointment by all accounts. So um, he's got a good team there. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, and then I wonder what you thought of uh, Eddie Howe, and as as they say in Glasgow, how no, which of course means why not. <laughs> well. The optimist in me likes to think that Celtic have been having very quiet conversations with Eddie Howe for quite some time because he cashed your mind back. He was the one of the bookies' favourites very early doors and then it all sort of went a bit hush-hush and then you had names like Roy Keane being thrown about, um, your man that used to coach Liverpool, uh, French... Oh, can't remember his name. Gerard Hulley is dead. No, not Gerard Hulley. No. Benitez, sorry. He's Spanish. Spanish. He's Spanish. I know. I was thinking in my head. I was thinking Julia, but I was, I, yeah. Anyway. Good luck with you in modern languages. Uh, uh, yeah, you don't want to hear me try. Yeah, do other languages not good? Anyway, so I think the bookies have been having a bit of a laugh. Um, to be honest, I think they've just been trying to get their money out of the punters, and um, it seems that Eddie Howe, if provided he gets his way and gets to bring in his brother as chief scout, I think it's going to be a, a done deal. And I think on the balance of things, I think most Celtic supporters can get behind that. I think, you know, he's coached in the Premier League. He, um, you know, he's, he's done he's done good things at Bournemouth, not so great things. Um, where did he go after Bournemouth? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, but everyone has a blip. And I think I think he, he's the best candidate out of the ones that are possible, basically. So I'm 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 for it. The question is when he comes in. Um, I to be honest, I wouldn't want to be anywhere near this train wreck of a season. So I'd be quite content to let uh, John Kennedy run out the season and just have him in the background, just starting to identify who he's keeping, who he's getting rid of, um, and start looking at targets to bring in, and and just let the season play itself out and let that be John Kennedy's swan song, and then he can depart as well. 
Um, Big difference in Celtic with uh, James Forrest in the park. And uh, I, I, I will be amazed if uh, Ryan Christie isn't out the door this particular summer. And I think one of their best performers actually has been Diego Laxall here. I've not seen him have a bad, ga- have a bad game, actually. Uh well, more from an attacking point of view than, than a defensive point of view, but I can I, I do think that um, that there will be quite a lot of familiar faces disappearing. There is a business taste to this to bringing Eddie Howe in in terms of announcing him, not necessarily bringing him into coach right away, but to bring him in and say that he is the guy for next season, because then that gives the players who potentially want away a decision to make, because they're going, well, this is a guy who I'm going to be working with next season versus potentially moving on somewhere else so i think the quicker it gets announced from that point of view the better obviously the commercial aspect to it of selling season tickets as well because presumably there will be fans in stadiums next season um so again you know they need someone i'm not saying box office but they need a, they need somebody signed and i think the fact that dominic Mackay will take his role early he's starting later this month I think the the new CEO, so he's coming in, in in an interim basis until Peter Lowell departs in July, and I think that is a sign that all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are starting to click into place for Celtic, and there'll be a team in place before the European Championships. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, as Rangers fans will know, Stevie G was the the unknown quantity a couple of seasons back, and really given the job on the back of him being a winner uh, in club football, and really now he's made himself very attractive for a number of clubs I would have thought um, down south in this coming season however I can't see him, re- see him leaving Rangers with the, the prospect of Champions League football at least in the, the early part of, of the, the coming season uh, Rangers will go into one of the later qualifying rounds Celtic will go into the, one of the Champions League qualifying rounds as well but probably one of those ones that starts before the cup final uh, you know but the kind of late June Champions League qualifying round with the teams from Azerbaijan before Rangers join it with the kind of decent teams from Croatia and so on um, but I'll talk more about just, uh, shortly but they're both going to be in Champions League qualifiers um, and and the Scottish Cup winners actually it's a good time to mention that because we were talking about the Cup a moment ago um, they will get a Europa League place just with Stevie G this week he um, came out in a, a passionate plea for the SFA to reduce the ban on the Rangers 5 who um, were at the party uh, they've got bans of six matches two of which are suspended so it's four, basically all out each player about for a month the main two being uh, Bagani Zungo and um, Nathan Patterson who's their current uh, right back in the place of uh, James Tavernier yeah, who's scored out the yeah, so um, I think the passionate plea of saying that it will stunt Nathan Patterson's development as a young player, I think is totally blowing things out of proportion. He'd have been sitting on the bench if it hadn't been the fact that Tavernier was injured. It's just the fact that he is now the starting right back for Rangers. There were games against Celtic and a cup match against Celtic coming up in the next month. Um, I, I just think that if this was any other player, he wouldn't he wouldn't give wouldn't care um but the fact that he, he's, he's trying to pull all the stops and put as much pressure on the sfa as possible the Rangers Dubai to, gate. yeah but i mean you know they were they came out rangers came out really hard and said that yeah the bans for jordan jones and george edmondson were fair and any other player got found guilty they deserve similar punishments so he's changed his tune just to suit him and i, I think it's it's all to do with the fact that it's that player and quite honestly, you know, I'm a bit disappointed. I think they should take their medicine. They know they did something wrong. Regardless of whether they're 18 or 19 years old, they, sh- 
they know better. And if they don't know better, then four weeks off, we'll teach them that it wasn't right. And yeah. Manager of large Glasgow club spits dummy shock. I can see the mm. headlines. <laughs> and the other, the, the, the other, the other manager just well, I'm on my soapbox here. Oh, bless you. I, I knew there was more. I, I can tell you, we're warming up. Is Robbie Nielsen? Um, Hearts currently two wins out of the last nine games uh, in all competitions. They were knocked out of the cup by Brora Rangers. They lost to Queen of the South at home. Uh, most recently. Uh, so they are a little bit of a bad patch. The Hearts fans were up in arms and, and this is the foundation of Hearts that are basically funding the club and will take over part ownership of the club. Either they have or they will, they're not you know, very soon. Uh, and they are basically in the media trashing Robbie Nielsen saying he's not the man, the football's turgid, um, you know, it's just not good enough. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, their team's sitting top of the league. I mean, admittedly, they'll probably fall over the line, but the deal that's effectively done. I think they need to win two more games of the, the final fixtures. Um, they'll win it. Um, and this is the thanks that he's getting. And I'm just a little bit, I'm sort of scratching my head saying, is it not? His purview and his goal was to win the league. He's won the league. He's going to win the league comfortably. What's the issue? I, I, I don't. You know, I don't understand. There's also question marks around leadership, around players standing up for the manager. He's obviously copping a bit of flack at the moment. Uh, uh, Christoph Bear has decided to retire with four or five games to go. He was a club captain. So there are a few things there that don't seem to add up. But I feel that he's Robbie Nielsen's the one that's copping all the flack at the moment when the players should probably take a fair, fair, fair chunk of the blame if the performances haven't been haven't been up yeah, to it. Basically, probably got themselves over the line and kind of chucked it, which does happen. Mm. You know, lots of clubs I can mention through the years who've kind of taken the foot off the gas as things have looked fairly um, accomplished and not going to go in any dramatic direction elsewhere. But yeah, it's a wee bit funny to kind of see it all kind of kicking off in that manner. And Anne Budge, who I think's actually been very dignified throughout it and and actually when they had a terrible time last year you remember all kind of relegation gates and um you know here they are they're back in back in position where they're going to be automatically promoted you know it takes a bit of coming back from that and all the kind of budgetary disasters that were wrought um on the back of uh, the end of craig levine's reign oh poor old hearts it's hard to feel sorry for them because they're going to win the league and they'll be happy enough you know like, like we'll get over it next season it's fine Oh, well, that's the thing. I, 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 I struck me, me scratching my head. I was really shocked last week when I heard all the, the vitriol. And I'm still like, far out, like you're top of the league. I mean, yeah, anyway. Yeah. And, and, and somebody made a comment, and I agree, is that they're probably set up to play premiership opposition, not championship opposition. They're a bit more kick and rush. They're trying, Hearts are trying to play out from the back. It's probably not suited up to some of the games in the championship that they're actually playing. So the football might actually translate better in the Premier League. But obviously, we'll see next season because, like I said, it would be a it'd be the upset of upsets if they were to blow it from from here. So, football fans, you um, say, and remember they gave Celtic a right old run for their money in the uh, the, the Scottish Cup final of the final that was delayed. And where the and where the fans upset then? No, they weren't. There you go. So Aye. yeah, um, I was going to talk a wee bit about coefficients. It's quite exciting news actually, but um, Scotland will be placed ninth. Uh, of the leading UEFA nations for the 22-23 season. So next season was dependent on what happened the season before. 
And as I said, they've got two qualifying games. But because of the ninth position, the first, the teams one, sorry, leagues one to 10 get an automatic uh, place in the Champions League group stages, which is great. And uh, and it also means that one other Scottish club will go into the qualifying round at a much later stage, either the round immediately prior to the group stage or the second qualifying round, depending on uh, who the winner of the eventual Champions League is. Um, we've spoken before on here about how it's completely fixed, but we'll get over that just for the time being. But stay with me. Uh, an extra Europa League place, and now whether or not we're good enough to have three Europa League teams remains to be seen, but there's going to be an extra Europa League place, um, which means, well, that's from this season already. So third and fourth place guaranteed uh, Europa League football, Scottish Cup winner, and that will be repeated again with the teams going into later Europa League qualifying uh, as the format of that competition changes. I'll talk more about that. I was confused about that even when that started. So, yeah. But the the, the take-home point here is, from a Celtic Rangers point of view, is that you want to win the league next season. That's the... That's it. That is the... It's probably even more important than 10 in a row because if you can get automatic qualification at the Champions League, that's 30 million in the pot yep. just for... So this is why the appointment of Eddie Howe or whoever the next Celtic manager is going to be is going to be critical and why he needs to be in the door sooner rather than later just so that the ball can start rolling in terms of, you know, to everyone say it's a massive rebuild at Celtic this year, it is. They're going to have to replace at least half a team, if not seven or eight players. Yeah. Rangers, are they going to hold on to all their stars or are they going to cash in and maybe a couple of them? Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they'll have to regenerate as well. So um, the pressure is well and truly on, but um, the die is cast because whoever wins next season will take a massive advantage over the other team, particularly if the other team doesn't make it into the group stages of the Champions League because that money, it, that's, that's, that's three good players. Simple as that. It's, it's, it's probably more than that. Anyway, so... Final thoughts. Oh no, we do. We need to do. Sorry, we need to do um, some fixture predictions because we're really crap at those. But we need to do those again. <laughs> um, <laughs> what have we got? Let's have a look. Celtic Livingston, Richard. What's your thoughts? Uh, the deadest of dead robbers. Celtic. I think want to try and get a bit of momentum going because the cup returns the following weekend. So I'm going to go Celtic at home. Livy lost their way a wee bit. They've got to the top six. They'll be happy with that. Yeah, I'll take Celtic as well. Um, I oh Hamilton Ackies versus Dundee United. Ooh. That this has got to be United. Now Hamilton terrible, terrible game in the cup. They got pumped by St. Run three nothing. The I have to say are the prime candidates in the box six to go down. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to think Hamilton's ready to steal, steal a draw here just because you can't read into the last, Hamilton's last result. It means it has no bearing on the next game. They're they're up and down like a yo-yo. So I'll I'll take a I'll take a draw at the Fountain of Youth Stadium. Come on, Ross County. Ross County eh, were hammered by Inverness in the cup, actually. Inverness were a very yes. fetching pink number. Um and you know, <laughs> they defended really badly. But then that's not such a bad thing if you're playing Kilmarnock because they've not been defending that well. Although, a couple of decent performances. Oh, I'm going to go Kelly. I'm very tight, Ross County. Uh, provided Ross County can keep big, uh, 
Kyle Lafferty quiet. I think they'll um, they'll walk away with three points. Oh, interesting. Oh. Billy McKay to score again. Like There's a divider. I'm going to write these down again. Motherwell St. Mirren. Uh, Motherwell still playing reasonably well. They won five uh, 0 away to Fort Martin in the cup. Um, and looking pretty tidy. St. Mirren looked pretty tidy against Hamilton. <sighs> Draw. I'm not tipping Motherwell for the rest of the season. <laughs> St. Mern win. St. Mern win. <laughs> Sticking to your guns. That was funny. We, we do always get Motherwell wrong, by the way, guys. Uh, St. Johnson, Aberdeen. Oh, Aberdeen, I just, it's like the malaise of Derek McInnes is just lingering on. And, you know, it's, it's, maybe they're just a playing squad. It's a bit like Celtic. Like, you take the manager away, it doesn't mean the team's all of a sudden just trying to morph into something else. Um, St. Johnson, really good form. I'm ready to take them for an upset and take them to, take them to win. I, I, do you know, I, I wouldn't even see that as an upset. I think St. Johnson being the form team for a wee while, I really fancy them. And I think Aberdeen, I agree, they, they've really, really lost their way. And Stephen Glass is in the building, but apparently not having any kind of a say yeah. at the moment but um yeah I, I can i think st johnson and our friend guy melamed scored again at the weekend so i see we knew this we, we saw that coming a, for a long he's a, time he's a friend of the friend of the podcast totally uh, <laughs> so the last fixture of the round is rangers versus hibernian um at ibrox can't see past rangers they're just clinical sorry Draw. Draw. <laughs> More hope than expectation. My final thoughts uh-huh. this week. Uh, it's been really good to see. I'm wandering around um, Centennial Park as I have done in Sydney the last few weeks. Uh, the stadiums are going up quite quickly. Um, there are a couple of stadiums used. Um, there are several grounds in Australia uh, between Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Adelaide and Perth. And in New Zealand, Dunedin, Wellington, Hamilton and Auckland with Eden Park getting the first game of the Women's World Cup in 2023 and Stadium Australia uh, to the west of Sydney, uh, the old Olympic Stadium is going to get the the final. So uh, yeah, wonderful to see that all that progressing very well and very exciting to be in this part of the world because it will be here before you know it. Yes, and there will be crowds. Um, My final thought, Scott Brown, He's, he's decided to, to leave Celtic, um, you know, absolutely remarkable Celtic career, rolled down as a club legend. Uh, I can understand his reasons for wanting to move on, not knowing who the new manager is. Um, does he wait till the end of the season? He's one of those guys who wants to play every week. He's going to play every week at Aberdeen because they already need him. He still showed in the last Celtic Rangers game that he still got it. Um, and obviously he's he's talked about it on and off the last few seasons now about wanting to get into management so this is his first step towards that and can I see him managing Celtic one day? I absolutely can Ooh. You heard it here first Antonio, brilliant speaking to you again um, wonderful to be reconnected after a couple of weeks of hiatus we will speak again after the next Stramash Yes we will, take care Richard speak to you soon 